you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. For far too long, we have allowed our limitations to define our level of influence. And today, I want us to take the limits off. Look at your neighbor's a neighbor. Take the limits off. Look at your other neighbors. A neighbor, take the limits off. First Chronicles is one of those books that um, if you've ever read the book, you probably don't like it. First Chronicles is one of the most difficult books to read because it goes through all of the different names from the genealogy of Judah. I mean, you got Yaakabed, you got Jakahuda, you got Hadabala, and you got watermelon seed, and you got collard green rhea. And... We're going to have to go eat after this. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I'm reading the Bible from cover to cover, I skip over First and, first and Second Chronicles because there's a bunch of names, right? You got all of these names. Don't really make any sense. And for the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, all you have is a bunch of names. And then you come to chapter 10, and uh, I mean chapter 4, you go, he starts reading off the names, and then in verse 9, all of a sudden, he talks about this young man named Jabez. It's like it's almost as if the writer had the cough. <coughs> Let me write down a little bit more about Jabez. And then he continues on with naming all the names. It's almost like this is out of place. Jabez? The little insignificant man with a little insignificant name. There were some specific things that the writer had to put in here. Jabez was not known for his heroics. Anything that he had done, he didn't lay hands on the sick. He's not known for preaching serious messages. He's not known for leading people to the Lord. He's not known to have a big mega ministry. He's not known to sell a million records. He's not known for writing number one bestseller books. But Jabez is known for his prayer life. I don't know about you, but you don't have to know me because I can preach good. I think I do so-so. You don't have to buy all my books, but I hope you will. Praise the Lord. But <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm prophesying. So, so, but what I do want you to know about me is that that was a man who had a prayer life. That was a man who understood a relationship with God was vitally important to be a man of God. That was a man who stood on the principles of God's words in spite of what the culture wanted. That was a man who wasn't interested in making friends in the church. He was interested in making disciples. That's what I want to be remembered by. And when I see this little insignificant man that has this unusually prop, uh, uh, popular prayer, it's something about this man. Jabez. Somebody say Jabez. Um, it's almost like there was just... All of these names, not that none of these names were any less important than, 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 than Jabez, but 
It was something about what Jabez did that got God's attention enough to put his prayer in the Bible. Okay, let me ask this question. Wouldn't it be awesome that we could do something in the earth realm so awesome that it would get God's attention to where God had to write about it? That, that, that's Jabez. Somebody said that's Jabez. That God thought so much of this man's prayer life, God said, oh, no, we just can't name him so people can continue to just read on. There's something about this man and what he did that I want my church to understand, and I'm going to put it in the middle of an insignificant book that most people won't read. Ooh, God, is something else. Somebody said Jabez. Jabez. So let me just give you three facts about Jabez. Three important facts regarding this man. First, things started out dysfunctional for a person no one had ever heard of. He had a dysfunctional life. Now, I know some people laughing right now. And, and I don't know if you grew up dysfunctional. I was, I was, <laughs> hey. I grew up pretty dysfunctional, too. A little insignificant little rascal come out of Mobile, Alabama. Can anything good come from Mobile? Hallelujah. <laughs> Second thing, he prayed an unusually simple but profound one-sentence prayer. It was one sentence, but it had four very important things in that one prayer. Last fact about him is God granted his request. See, I, this, this part right here, that, that's what I like. Out of all the other stuff, I like the fact that God not only heard him, God answered him. Yes. Now, now, okay, okay, so, so, okay, so now, here we go, here we go. Now, this was a one-sentence prayer. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I'm going to mess with somebody's theology now. Okay, let's send some out there, let me go on, let me go on out there. So, you mean to tell me, come on now that I don't have to be in a prayer closet for two hours, 55 minutes, pleading the blood of Jesus and the cross of Calvary before God will answer my prayer? What? This was a, a little unusually simple one-sentence prayer, and the Bible says God gave the man what he wanted. Now, I think that's pretty important that we need to understand this prayer. Now, okay, maybe. Okay, all right, okay, okay. So, for those of you who don't want your prayers answered, you, you can just, you can just, bah, 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 bah. You can just close your ears because this ain't for you. But for those of you who want your prayers answered, do you want to hear the rest of this story? You sure? Okay, I'm, I'm going to inspire you. I'm telling you. I've already set some of y'all free already. Because, see, you brought yourself under your own law. You say, oh, Lord, I, I couldn't go in the prayer closet today. Then you start condemning yourself. And you don't, the devil don't need to condemn you when you're already condemning yourself. What about operating in a mode of prayer? Driving, turn the radio off from all that. You know, I mean, and for, see, 
Y'all, somebody ask that question. I ain't lying. Somebody ask that Y'all stop asking questions. I can hear it. I can hear it in your brain. <laughs> so today, when you listen to radio, right, now you got to decide. Because some people say, I ain't listening to secular radio. Well, sometimes when you listen to Christian stuff for people who are living a different lifestyle, is that Christian secular music? Other? So now it's hard, right? It's because you're trying to think just yesterday, this Christian rock guy sang Christian rock. I don't know what Christian rock music really is, but he was a Christian rock star, came out and said he's gay. That one of the popular Christian rock groups. What's, what's, a rock, what's a Christian rock group? Like a contemporary, that's a rock group? Okay. So, I mean, so now you got to say, ooh, what am I listening to? And sometimes you got to say, click. Lord, I want you to hear me. And I want to hear you. And I can't hear you through all that fluff. And you drive to work. Or you drive to Walmart because you need God when you go to Walmart. I'm just telling you. I, uh, Lord Jesus, I'm telling you, I have that. Can't nobody teach you patience like Walmart. I'm telling you, if you ever come up to this altar and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need more patience. I'm going to turn you a little behind around and I'm going to say, walk right out of that door and drive right up there to Walmart. And I guarantee you, once you buy a couple of things, you'll have some patience when you get out of there, or you're going to lose your mind. Especially on Sunday. Amen. All right, let's get back to this story. Amen. All right. So, so I want to know about this prayer, and why in the world would God listen to this prayer in the first place? Don't y'all want to know that? Okay. So, so, so those are some very important things that you need to understand. Now, do you want miracles, signs, and wonders to be released in your life? First of all, first of all, do, how many say they want that? Do you want to operate in God's unlimited abundance? I mean, his, his abundance is unlimited. Amen. Uh, would you like to pray a prayer that gets God's attention? Someone say, I would. Do you want to live a life beyond your limitations of your setbacks and disappointments? Somebody say, I would. Do you want to live a life that matters? Somebody say, I do. See, I'm with you on all of this because I want to live a life that matters. As a matter of fact, I want to live a life that is so good that God has to take notes and write about it. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody don't have it yet, but I'm going to keep on talking about it, okay? I'm going to keep going, okay? Let me, I'm going to keep pressing. I believe we can unlock the door to this prayer. And I believe once we unlock the door to that prayer, it will equip, empower, and illuminate some of the greatest blessings in your life. That's all I want to do. I want to give you something that's going to unlock something, that's going to give you access to something, that you will have everything you need. Well, y'all just some. Y'all don't want this, huh? All right, you're going to get a little bit more excited than that. All right, you sure? All right, then I'm waiting for y'all to get excited. Okay, so let me give you some scriptures since you're not excited. This is in 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. Let me tell you something. This is, now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, the most important thing in these two scriptures is according to his will. Because if you don't ask according to his will, you're not going to get it. You can ask all day long. When the Bible says all I got to do is ask and God will give it to me. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says you got to ask according to his will. And if it's not his will, it shouldn't be yours. Well, well, the Bible says that he'll give me the desires of my heart. Yes, he will when your heart changes to his. Well, he gave me the desires of my heart. I'm praying for a man. That might not be God's heart. I don't care if you already bought the dress. You might not be ready. And by the way, you're looking for a man. The Bible says that a man that finds a wife. We got too many women trying to find a husband. And when you find what you think you need and you marry it, then all hell breaks loose because you got something that God said it wasn't my will in the first place. The Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. Somebody say good thing. See, I know that's good in ghetto. Good thing. See, when I, when I found her, I found a good thing. And I see, see, and because she's a good thing, I don't have another thing on the side. I didn't see any ribs laying around when God pulled a rib out of Adam. It was, <laughs> some of y'all get that going home, I know. Yeah, it was one rib made one woman. It wasn't no spare ribs. <laughs> I must be hungry, I ain't lying. Like, Man, y'all hear my stomach? <laughs> I keep talking about food. Praise the Lord. Are y'all all right? So there wasn't no spare ribs. It was one woman. One woman, ain't you were supposed to have something, something, something on the side. Right? The Bible says it like this. Can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned? Eventually, you're going to get burned. I'll be burning. <laughs> I don't know how I know that. <laughs> be sitting up in the clinic talking about. The only people who grew up in the ghetto know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all that are from the style, you know. Y'all from the rich family, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Doctor came to your house. <laughs> Verse 9 said, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So in other words, Jabez lived an honorable life. That was the first thing that we know about this man. As a matter of fact, I did my best to find out as much as I could. There is nothing written about this man except these two verses. And then there's another place in the Bible earlier in Chronicles where it says that uh, uh, these Levites lived in the city of Jabez. But that, that is, there is, that's it. There's nothing else known about this man. But obviously there must be something about this man that God would take the time to share a little bit about this man's prayer. First thing he said about him is he was honorable. In other words, this man had a lifestyle that God would be pleased with. Are you living like God wants you to live? Or are you living the way you think you should be living? Well, see, I knew that part was going to get quiet. That's all right. I'm going to keep on digging. Because if you're not living an honorable lifestyle, why would God take note? 
as a matter of fact, why should God answer your prayer when you don't even look like a son or daughter? I, I, I don't know how to switch flip, but I, it's supposed to be inspirational. <laughs> it is, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm trying to stay inspirational. <laughs> so, so y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Now, listen, that's me too. I can't be sitting up here like the Pharisees. I'm telling you what you should do even though I don't do it. That's the Pharisee spirit. That's what you have in a lot of pulpits today. There's a Pharisee in the church. They're trying to tell you, oh, this is what you're supposed to be doing. But by the way, the, the law said I need to divorce my wife. And by the way, I'm marrying the church secretary. And, and, and you're supposed to stay in this church because I heard from the Lord. You lying rascal. You need to step down, Bishop. You're lying. God ain't never tell you to divorce your wife. These men need to be called out. Why? Because they're deceiving people. And guess what? If you stay in a church like that, let me just give you some stuff that's going to happen in your life. If you continue to sit under an unrepentant leader, you're going to have all hell breaking loose in your family, your marriage, your job, your business, your community, because you're taking words from an unrepentant person, and that spirit gets into you. And then you're trying to figure out why you and your husband all at each other. Well, because the pastor and his wife ain't kicking it. Jesus said it like this, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. When I speak to you, when I preach to you, I preach out of my spirit. And if my spirit is impure, you're getting an impure word. Y'all already know, I don't fake it with my wife. Y'all know, if we fussing, we fussing, I'll let you know. I ain't here to front in front of none of y'all, everybody fuss. If you ain't fussing, you ain't talking. Tell me, we don't ever fuss in our house. Well, y'all ain't talking. Ain't no way you're going to be married and not fuss. For the single people, you just better understand, you're going to fuss. You're going to have some intense moments of fellowship. That's what I call it. And sometimes they get pretty intense, too. Hello, somebody. Right? That's what I call it. You, ain't, you, you just got intense moments of fellowship. You're doing some fellowship. <laughs> All right, she's giving me that eye. I got to move on. Names are important, saints of God. I don't know where some of these women get these names from. Because I, I was talking with Elder Yelverton because he's a school teacher and and he was telling me about the role. Well, where, where do these women get these names from? See, names are important. Let me tell you something about names. Names give you identity and purpose. Right? Names are, were so important in the Bible that if someone said, I'm cutting off your name, it would be just like they're killing you. Your name was important. As a matter of fact, when people were born, usually... That was their name was a prophecy. And it usually would give you an indication of what kind of future that child was going to have. 
Okay? Eve, she shall be the mother of all living. That's what her name means. Abraham, the father of the multitude. He, he's the father of faith. David, salvation. Jacob, one who grabs the heel. You learned about Jacob last Sunday. He grabbed the heels of his brother when he was born. They were twins. He also grabbed his brother's birthright. He grabbed his brother's blessing, and then he started grabbing the heels of God. The one who grabs the heel. See, names give you identity and purpose. They are absolutely important. Jabez's name, we read it. Let's go back. Jabez, it said that his name, his mother named him being because I bore him in pain. Now, now, maybe because his name was so painful that Jabez lived an honorable life because nobody wanted to deal with him. Maybe Jabez was the type of person that nobody wanted to be around. Maybe Jabez was not the one that you wanted to join your little clique and club. Maybe Jabez was probably the quietest person in the church and nobody talked to him. Because every time they said his name, they thought about pain. Maybe Jabez was the type of person who had been violated as a young person. Maybe Jabez was the person who kept getting cussed out by his mama. Maybe Jabez was abused physically by his dad. There's something about his life that brought pain. But Jabez was an honorable man. Regardless of the prophecy that his mama put on him, Jabez decided to live life beyond his limitations. Maybe I'm talking about you. Maybe you feel a little bit like Jabez. Like people don't see you. Like you don't matter anymore or you feel insignificant that sometimes even with God, you feel like, well, God is not even listening to me. My goodness. Maybe you feel a little bit like Jabez. Maybe there are some situations and circumstances that happened in your past that every time you think about it, it's a painful thing. Maybe all of us got a little Jabez in us. There are some things I can think about that brings pain to me when I think about my past. But I'm not going to allow my past to dictate my future. Listen to me close. Who you were is not who you are. Somebody say, I'm honorable. Can I give you some more? Let me give you this because I want, I want you to understand something here. We got to break down this prayer. Somebody say, oh. oh. And somebody, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Say it like you mean it. Say, oh. oh. Oh, yeah, see, there you go. You got that Baptist preaching in you now. <laughs> oh, that I, that you would bless me indeed. See, to live beyond your limits means you have to unashamedly approach your heavenly rewards. Notice Jabez, his name means to bring pain, but the first little clue to his prayer is that you would bless me indeed. Notice Jabez was not ashamed to ask God for a blessing. Amen. Amen. 
Hebrews 4.16 said, let us therefore come boldly without hesitation. So in other words, saints of God, first, right out the gate, you got to understand that you can come before God and ask for something. Listen, it doesn't matter if you know two scriptures, five scriptures, ten scriptures. If you've read the Bible from front to back, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you understand that you got a God that wants to bless you. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, hey, I haven't been to seminary. That don't matter. I didn't read anywhere where Jabez went to seminary school. I didn't read anywhere where Jabez came up through the right denomination. Oh, he had the right contacts. Oh, his contact list was so big he knew how to do things. No, the Bible said that he came boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How how many of you feel like you might be in need of a little something? Just two of you? (laughs) So Jabez grew up hearing about God from his forefathers and how powerful he was. So Jabez was not ashamed to come before the God of his fathers. Now, one of the most significant things about that prayer is this. See, so is the word indeed. Now, I begin to look up that word. That word indeed in Hebrew is almost as if you're adding five exclamation points at the end in Hebrew. Or it's like capitalizing the whole little sentence and underlining it. That's what that indeed does for that little sentence. So in other words, that word indeed amplifies what he's trying to say to God. In other words, it amplifies his passion for what he wanted. If you're not passionate about what you want, don't pray. Don't even worry about it. You don't need it no way. You got to have some passion. He was not ashamed to ask God to bless him. You know, there are some people ashamed to ask God to bless them. Now, 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 let me just clean some stuff up here. Here comes, here comes the, 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 <laughs> the cleanup. Notice he didn't ask God what to bless him with. <laughs> See, our prayers are different. Our prayers, oh, that you would bless me indeed with. That is not what he prayed. So in other words, Jabez said, Whatever way you want to bless me, God, just give it to me. I'll receive it. It doesn't matter how it looks, how it comes, how long it takes to get to me. It's my blessing, and I want it. No, Lord, I want you to bless me indeed with a husband. That's not how he prayed. Well, first of all, we're going to pray the prayer like Jabez prayed it. Somebody say, oh, Oh. that you will bless me indeed. See, then it goes on. Proverbs says God's blessings make life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. And in other way, most people read in the King James, it says that, you know, that he, with, there's no sorrow tied to his blessing. You know what that means? Is that, well, Jabez didn't ask God, tell God what he wanted other than the blessing. So you, what you're doing, you're surrendering to God. And you say, God, whatever way you want to do this thing. (laughs) Because when you give it to me, there's no sorrow tied to it. Goodness gracious. See, I don't know about you guys, but I've asked for stuff and I got it. And I said, God, take it back. (laughs) 
Because I wasn't asking in my will. I mean, in his will, I was asking in my will, right? And so, so my will always get me in trouble. You ask for something, God, give me that job. He give it to you, you go, oh, take me out, take me out, take me out. <laughs> right, Pastor Tim? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> take me out, God. I'm about to kill somebody up in here. And so, <laughs> amen. So, so you pray, you pray for that relationship. Six months in, oh, you floating on cotton. Six more months. I'm about to kill him. <laughs> Because now y'all shacking together. Y'all know what shacking is, right? Let me, that's my ghetto coming out. Uh, politically correct term, cohabitating. That means you're living with a person you're married to. And somehow, after you get married, somehow you think it's supposed to be different. That's why most people who live together get married and don't last because they think that after they got married, that things were supposed to change, it was supposed to get better, but it, why buy the cow if you're getting the milk for free? I know that's a country thing. Hopefully you guys can understand why buy the cow when the milk is free. Young ladies, please hear me. Those ladies in here that are single young women, you are too precious. Let's listen to me close. You are too precious to be giving yourself to men who disrespect you by wanting to live with you but don't put a ring on it. And since I like to deal with stuff and since our kids hear everything anyway, hear me close. Love gives you a ring. Lust gives you a condom. Remember that, young ladies. When that brother says, well, I love you, mm -mm, where's the ring? Mm-mm, no, nope. get up, mm-mm. Where's the ring? Put a ring on it. Is there somebody singing songs that put a ring on it? I heard it somewhere. So I think I heard the chipmunk, the chipette sing that, huh? I think that's how I heard that song. I didn't even know who sang the thing. And daddy said, okay, daddy, that's Beyonce. I said, I didn't know. The chipettes made it famous for me. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? The chipettes. Come on now. I know we don't have any little kids. Now I'm told on me in the land. I told on us. We go to the movies when... We might need to borrow some of y'all kids so we can get in there and they ain't looking at us. <laughs> I ain't lying. We be coming up in there in the movie theater. <laughs> we don't have any kids, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sorry, baby. I told on myself. Y'all want some more of this book? Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. God's abundant resources, power, and willingness to give is not limited by him but by us. See, see, one of the things that we normally do, we limit God because our perception is God can only do what I think. See, and we limit God, but see, if you try to press everything about God into your three-by-five brain, you'll explode. So when you're trying to just understand, you will never understand God. God is not to be understood. As a matter of fact, we might know more about him once we get to heaven. But God is so big and so omnipotent, omni, all, potent power. He's all powerful. He's omnipresent, all, everywhere at one time. He's in your past, in your present, and in your future, all at one time because he's not subject to time. He's the creator of time. He's not on time. He's in time. 
So people say, well, God is always on time. No, God is in time because he's the creator of it. He knows when you need something and when you need it. Just because it's urgent for you doesn't necessarily mean it's urgent for God. If we learn that up front as Christians, it'll save us from, from just busting out on God. Man, you ain't going to give it to me. I ain't praying. Pout like a little child. Right? So listen, let me, okay, let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. Okay, case in point, kids. We can understand children. Okay, now, who's most likely to get a blessing? The child that pouts, fall out in the floor, kicking, yelling, screaming, ah! or the child that says, Mama, I just love you so much. Come here, Mama. I just love you. You come here. Come here. Come here, Mama. Oh, oh, oh. oh Mama, I just love your hug. You smell so good, Mama. Now, which one of those child, one of those little kids you would bless? The one that hugged and gave you the kisses. Why? Come on, y'all can talk to me. Why? Because they gave love. She was willing to worship. That child was willing to worship and give accolades to the mother. See, the, the child that's willing to worship God and hold God, grab God, tell him how awesome he is. And the Bible says it like this, oh, magnify the Lord. Come on with me and let us exalt his name forever. So question is, how can you magnify God when he's already bigger than anything you've ever seen? You cannot. So this is not making God bigger than what he is. This is making God bigger in your situation. So you magnify God in your situation by forgetting about what you're going through and you go to the person that's going to change what you're going through. So you magnify God, make him bigger than your problem. Pretty good, John. I like that. I like that. I like that. I give myself a hand on that one. All right. All right. All right. I got that one. I got that one. All right. Y'all, y'all rough today. You're a tough crowd. I'm telling you, you're tough. You're tough. Uh huh. You got it. You sure? You're processing. All right. As long as you're processing, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um. Now, you know. So, 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 God will bless you in spite of your pain. In spite of everything that you're going through. Then he goes on to say, not only am I asking God for the blessings that God wants to give me, he said, then enlarge my territory. So in other words, to live beyond your limits, you will have to expand your mindset, mission, and your motives. See, you, you cannot get what God wants to give you thinking in a carnal way. And let me just see if I can clean something up real quickly here. Man's measuring stick for success. It's not God's. Okay, case in point, because I struggle with this personally, so I'm letting you in my personal life. When I first started the church, I really struggled with it because I saw other churches that started the same year I did, and my God, they just exploded. And I mean, they look around, they had 2,000 people. I look around, we had 20. And I'm saying, so I had... <laughs> I don't even know if I want to tell y'all this. <laughs> I had to go see what that person was preaching. And when I listened to the preaching, I said, that pastor can't preach no better than me. Matter of fact, I got one up on him. I'm better. That was me talking. That was me talking, right? Me, me. Somebody said, it's me. It's me. It's me. 
And I said, so what am I doing wrong? And so I had to go before the Father. I said, did I make a mistake starting this church? Because I'm thinking, man, we should be much bigger than where we were back then. And, you know. So God had to show me what success was compared to, listen to me close, compared to significance. I was looking to be successful, man's measuring stick. God says, I want you to be significant. Hello, somebody. So in other words, God says, John, this is how I measure your significance. Based on you being obedient to your call. That's it. So I came to tell everybody in here, don't base what you got, your business, your ministry, what you're doing, your family, on anybody else measuring stick. If you are obedient to your call, God says you are a success, but then he says also you are significant in my sight. Amen. Amen. That's your measuring stick. Listen, listen, boy, that set me free. It set me free So, because I don't have to try to fill up the church now. I'm obedient to my call. Regardless if the church fills up or not, I'm obedient to the call of God. And when I go before him, he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many. Now enter therein into the joy of the Lord. How many of you want to hear that from God when you get to heaven? Mindset, mission, and motives. Sometimes... Because we're so trapped in tradition, we can't go, we can't, God can't enlarge our territory because we can't see beyond our territory. We are locked up in our own tradition. Our most traditions, let me tell you something, most traditions came from our mama and daddy. You know, there's some people won't do stuff now because your daddy put something on you. That stuff, come on, there's somebody sitting right here in this church right now. You remember what your auntie said or your mama said or your daddy said, and you don't even do it right now. You don't even know what it means. You walk and you walk, oh, I can't step on the cracks. <laughs> what? And you better come on here. <laughs> All this old stupid mess we grew up with. Black cat passed by. He better not pass by my car. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> Y'all still love me, right? <laughs> I know we might have some cat lovers. I'm bad. My bad. If you love cats, I'm not a hater of cats. I just don't like them. <laughs> I know y'all be talking, pastor over there coming and don't like cats. <laughs> I just say I ain't like them. I, just, I mean, they all right. I just don't. They make, they make people sneeze. Okay, this one, enlarge my territory. When you speak this one, what you're saying to God, enlarge my influence. Enlarge my borders. Enlarge my ministry. Enlarge my business. Enlarge my finances. Enlarge my family. I said influence, but check this word out. Enlarge my affluence. When you say enlarge my territory, what you're doing is saying, God, wherever you need me to be, that's where I'm willing to go. Because sometimes when you, let me warn you, 
Sometimes when you pray this to enlarge my territory, he's going to make you go somewhere you don't want to go. But you said, let me go back, let me go back, let me go back. You got to get out of this for your territory to be enlarged. Otherwise, you'll say, well, I've always been this way. Well, who said that way was right? Mm -hmm. Uh That's what people say. Well, well, I'm black. Black people have always been this way. Well, don't be putting that on me. Like, 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 oh, black people are always late. No, we're not. I ain't always late. And if you're always late, you need to stop. Because white people ain't always on time either. So let me just clean it up. What about Hispanics? Y'all on time? <laughs> Look, my fella said, Pastor, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Mike back that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Praise God. I love this church, man. I do, I do, I do, I do, I really do. So, so, so in other words, this is what Jabez is saying. Jabez looked at his current situation and circumstances, and he concluded this. Surely I was born for more than this. This is what I want you to see, saints of God. I know it's been tough. I know life has dealt you a blow you wasn't even looking. Just gave you a gut punch when you wasn't even looking. I know this might not be where you thought you would be. But let me tell you this. A lot of people have been where Jabez was. But what I need you to do is to think about where you've been and you look at your life and you go, you know what? I'm better than this. I'm greater than this. I'm greater than money. I'm greater than anything that anybody can give to me because I'm God's child. And any way God wants to bless me, any way he wants to move upon my life, any place he wants to take me, I'm open for you because I am yours. You are mine. We are one with another. And God, where I go, you go. Where I lodge, you lodge. Your people will be my peoples, and my peoples will be your peoples. I know that's not proper English, but it sounded good. How many of you just look around and say, you know what? I'm better than this. Better than this. Come on, saints of God. Listen, listen, I'm better. I could be a better pastor. I can be a better husband to my wife. I'm not going to settle for status quo. I can be much better. I can be a better pastor to you. I can be a better father to my children. I can be better. I can be a better coworker. Oh, you just, oh, so you stuck in your mindset that I'm okay with where I am? Are you all right with where you are? Then you're going to have to change your mindset and your mission. See, once you change your mindset, you can change your mission. But your mission is not going to change unless you change your mindset. And then your mindset has to be changed. Once you change your mindset, then your motives change. You can't have jacked up mindset and then think you're going to have a godly mission. And if your motives are bad, then your mindset is bad. You will never live beyond the limits as long as you concede to your boundaries. Now, last Sunday, don't worry for the two people. Don't worry, I ain't going to call your names. Last Sunday, I gave a prophecy about two people in the church that had some walls up. And when those two people didn't come forth, what did I say? I said I missed it. I said I must have didn't hear God. And I apologize that I didn't hear God. 
Well, those two people came up to me. Right? Just to let you know, God is true to his word. If he speaks something, I'm going to speak it. But if I miss it, I don't mind apologizing that I miss God, that I didn't hear him correctly, because we don't always hear God correctly. Just because I'm the pastor don't mean that somehow I got this direct connection with God, and boy, everything I hear, mm, I still have to decipher, is that really you? Okay, is that? Oh, okay. And so when I said it, I said there were two people. Y'all remember, I said there were two people that God told me about. And when those two people didn't come forth, I apologized because I thought I missed it. I thought I missed God, and I just prayed, and I asked God to forgive me, and I asked the church to forgive me because I thought I missed it. Well, uh, well, God didn't miss it. Those two people came up to me later and told me what was going on. And the reason I wanted to bring this out is because I want you to trust when God is speaking to you. But, but listen, but listen, I want you to be humble enough to know that you can miss it. We, we, we ain't all that, right? We, we, you know, we, we, we trying to get this thing right, right? That's why you got to take the low road to get to high heights. And see, God says he, he exalts the humble. He resists the proud. One thing you got to learn about going to this next level is you're going to have to stay low. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E, A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.